Welcome to NFT Telling Talks, where we explore the people of Web3 and their impact on the future of technology. In this episode, we're excited to have with us Alex from Artifine, a creative studio building the next generation of NFT experiences for brands. With his extensive experience in the NFT space, Alex brings a unique perspective on the future of digital art and how it's revolutionizing the way we view and consume creative content. So sit back, grab a banana, relax, and let's dive into the world of NFTs with Alex. Welcome to NFT Telling Talk, uh, Alex. We are very pleased to have you uh, here with us today. And uh, first things first, we'd love to have you uh, quickly introduce yourself uh, and uh, yeah, let, let us know where you're coming from. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, hi, Sandra. Hi, everyone. GMGN. Uh, I'm Alex, actually coming not far from Tallinn. I, I'm Riga, Latvia. But though, when we're talking about Web3, we can definitely consider, can consider ourselves as like global citizens, right? Uh, we're not tied to any specific geography, working on a global scale, etc. Yeah, I mean, regarding my previous background, I actually was involved in NFT starting in 2021 when I have joined a startup uh, that was building a marketplace called Starly.io. It was one of the first marketplaces on Flow Network and Flow Blockchain, utilizing the same concept, similar concept like NBA Top Shot, backed by Dapper Labs, uh, and pretty much like we released a lot of cool, innovative feature on Flow Blockchain. Um, yeah, right now, I work for uh, Artifine as a business developer. So the idea of Artifine, it's a Web3 creative studio. And what we do, we actually help to ship tailored bespoke solution to our clients who are generally interested in, you know, dipping their toes in the Web3 ecosystem, such as like brands or like usual companies. And we help from pretty much like deliver the project from A to Z. Cool. And uh, I'd love to go deep in, deeper into uh, Artifine, but before we do that, uh, how did you actually end up uh, working with uh, NFTs and what did you do uh, before that? Uh, were you involved with uh, technology businesses or was this your first time getting involved with uh, tech and uh, crypto and uh, uh, everything else around that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can consider probably as, you know, if we're talking about early adapters, the ones that were familiar with, let's say, Bitcoin in 2014, and definitely not one of them. As I said, I joined the space in 2021 when I was approached by one of our co-founders who previously co-founded major uh, social networks, and he was working in the social uh, space. And they decided to start their journey into Web3 and actually having a first project on, on the blockchain. So that's how I actually ended up working for a company. But before that, I had my skepticism regarding all things NFT, um, just because I didn't have a vivid understanding of how it could be actually used um, and what is the utility behind it. But before that, uh, actually, it's a very interesting story. I have a very you know explicit background in various uh industries i actually started my first let's say my first degree is in economics and accounting so i started as working for uh transfer pricing as a transfer pricing consultant for deloitte so this was my first experience in you know that in big company later on i decided to uh 
chase a degree in politics and actually management uh, on the public sector and went to US to work for the public for, for a year. And yeah, like my experience is pretty vivid, but I ended up here in Web3 and absolutely love it. I mean, the whole ecosystem, the whole culture is definitely something I was looking for in my entire life. I'm definitely not a suit guy, more like hoodies and Crocs, <laughs> rather than, you know, having that tuxedo and, you know, being too too strict. So yeah, I actually enjoy being here and I think it's going to last because I actually am in love with the tech, with the community and pretty much like the environment that is built here in Web3. Yeah, so uh, in this case, I understand that uh, working in the uh, public sector and with uh, within US must have been uh, hard uh, not wearing uh, hoodies and crocs. Eh? Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I see that uh, still on your LinkedIn, you have uh, put on a suit, uh, unlike uh, here on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, before that, I actually utilized a PFP, but now I decided that it is, you know, a little bit time to come back a little bit just because, you know, I'm, I'm working and like, you know, outreaching to certain brands at the moment, not that familiar and that keen on, you know, talking to a guy who has a PNG as his profile pick. So you need to adapt in some kind of cases, but yeah, totally rocking the PFP all the time and times are changing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I'm still running this experiment that uh, I'm a monkey everywhere. Let's see uh, if it works or not. Uh, but uh, continuing on your path, then uh, I understand that with Starly, uh, you were uh, specifically working on the Flow blockchain, which is uh, now again uh, in the news with uh, Doodle's news uh, that they are uh, launching their new collection uh, on Flow. Uh, so how did you end up uh, working in Flow uh, and not uh, some Ethereum-based uh, ecosystems, uh, which were... Uh, more popular at that time, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, actually, a, a very nice question. And I mean, why we picked Flow over, let's say, EVM, Polygon, any EVM, pretty much blockchain, or, you know, Cardano, for instance, which was hyping at that moment. We started building uh, the ecosystem, the project, in pretty much like late 2020, uh, 2021, when I joined. And at that particular time point, you, if you are, you know, not super deep in NFT since, let's say, 2019, you understand that, you know, the OpenSea, Magic Eden, Solana, all the other ecosystem as we know it today, were not as popular as NBA Top Shot at that moment. It was pretty much like pioneering how you can utilize the NFT technology for consumers. And I mean, we, I'm going to be straightforward. We're super inspired how NBA Top Shot started their, you know, UX, UI design, the flow, um, the user flow, I mean, how they intercombine the collection experience. It was not just like, you know, collecting random NFTs, random pictures that were combined to collection at certain rarity classes. It was even before the PFP boom. So that's how we actually started. It was it was that decision that, you know, there's NBA Top Shot, they're doing good work and flow is awesome and being super supportive in that case as well. Yeah, uh, when it comes to flow, then I guess many don't know, but uh, uh, going back in the uh, NFT scene, then of course there are uh, things called uh, these days historic NFTs, which come even before, but uh, kind of uh, the a forefather for the NFT standard uh, was very much the CryptoKitties uh, project, uh, which was built by the team that later built flow. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, when it comes to them building CryptoKitties, uh, which at that time was the most utility-driven uh, 
and uh, for a brief moment, uh, most popular uh, NFT project. Then they learned why Ethereum doesn't really work if you want to go mainstream, and that's uh, build flow. And then came uh, uh, the NBA top shots, as you mentioned. And it's uh, funny that uh, these days, uh, uh, the API Club, which is the biggest uh, on the Ethereum chain, they are still saying that uh, uh, if it weren't for NBA top shots, uh, then uh, there have, would have been a high chance that they would have not minted out because uh, many of their original members came from there. So I guess uh, these days, uh, flow is still something to uh, very much uh, keep an eye on. And uh, personally, it's one of my uh, most uh, looked after chains from technical uh, perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, they're definitely the OGs, the community and the, the CDO and all the technical guys were pretty much like pioneering the whole NFT game as we know it today. That's for sure. Okay, but uh, what happened that uh, uh, after Starly, uh, you kind of returned back to the EVM world with uh, Artifine? Yeah, awesome question. <laughs> Honestly speaking, uh, it was a pretty, let's say, chaotic year for me working for Starly. I mean, it chaotic in the way that I actually like it, not in a negative way, definitely. Uh, as you know, like when you, you create a startup and you are not that familiar with the things that you're doing, especially for a company that hasn't got any experience in the past working on the blockchain solutions. And when you have like a small team, the, like the best thing you can wish for is to, you know, work on all aspects of business, starting with, you know, getting a relationship with the artist, working on legal cases, um, I don't know, like the BD work, the getting the partnerships, getting the on-ramp service providers, and later on actually ending as managing relationship between investors. So it was a pretty nice year regarding all the experience. And, you know, I got, I was 24-7 on sync on Twitter, on YouTube, uh, working. I was like so involved in the space that I decided that probably, you know, the time changed a little bit so I can have like at least some breathe right now. And I decided to, you know, stop this pace and share the knowledge that I was uh, pretty much the, 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 the one that I experienced working for Starlio. So I decided if there's a bear market and the companies really need that experience, the Digit times are over, like, you know, the Wild West is over, I think, in some case. And it definitely can help other companies to build based on the real experience rather than, you know, no experience so, yeah, I decided to contribute with my experience and knowledge working to art, with Artfine and actually helping companies build on Web3. And I understand that uh, Starly was still uh, mostly focused on just art projects and maybe uh, some uh, NFT projects, uh, kind of like uh, collections as well, but uh, uh, not really working with uh, big brands, right? Um, yeah, I mean, like the, the overall concept of Starly was to create a curated marketplace, a closed ecosystem marketplace where not everyone could launch their collections. So we're, we're picking, you know, explicit artists that were actually providing value and high quality content. Though we were, of course, also <clears throat> seeking opportunities to release and help brands to utilize our concept in order to launch their collections. Unfortunately, maybe for brands, that was not the meta that they were looking for at the moment, just because they're, you know, narrowed down to a specific concept. But yet again, 
I was definitely in the talks of various brands, starting with, you know, fashion, ending up with retail and consumer brands. And I understood that they need, you know, more bespoke slash tailored solution that actually fits their needs. They don't want to tie to a specific concept or a specific marketplace. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Starly, as I see, is still... Uh... Yeah, of course, of course. Perfect. So now this uh, gets us to uh, Artifine. Uh, which uh, I understand is a, a platform that allows anyone to uh, come with the idea of uh, a NFT project. And then uh, uh, is it that they can set it up themselves or is it that uh, you would be helping them uh, set up uh, it for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Artifine is not actually a platform. It's, mm-hmm. it's considered as a Web3 creative studio, more of an advisory and consulting slash mm-hmm. uh, software company slash uh, legal consultancy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're, we're of, of uh, more than 10 people working in different spaces, having different backgrounds. So one of our co-founders is actually, it holds PhD in the IP law. So we also are very, you know, strong on that end as well in mining the fact that all like the whole turmoil happening a lot along the compliance side we're definitely are looking forward to you know ship only compliant and like best case scenario best case solution you can get just because like the turmoil is there it's not the wild west anymore mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, interesting cases currently uh, seeing what's uh, what's happening in different places on the one hand uh, i think it was uh, on tuesday when uh, japan was uh, or a new tax on NFTs and uh, also uh, game revenues from their free games. And on the other hand, uh, uh, yesterday, uh, the court case with uh, Board Ape uh, Yacht Club uh, and uh, Rider Rips, they were discussing this uh, whether copyright uh, can even exist within NFTs. So uh, and there's a lot of difference, uh, both legal and tax related and uh, everything else. Uh, questions still uh, happening, which I guess no one fully knows, but there are some things that you can be preparing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, regulation is definitely a nice thing to have uh, for the consumers and definitely also for business and projects who are building in this space. The problem is that usually, you know, those regulations are something that you are never think before actually starting your own company or developing a software solution. So, I mean, I remember back in the early days when we started to work with the artist and at that time, that particular time point, we were looking for advisors in the IP law and actually we brought them this case that we're going to launch NFTs uh, with certain artwork that has to be holding a certain IP. And I remember they were like, you know, they were saying, all right, we can deliver this. But at the end of the day, you can definitely see that they needed so much guidance on what are those NFTs, how can they be bought, transported, purchased whatsoever right now so probably it's a little bit of a different case um for us just because we actually are we know what we're doing right we're talking about the ip law especially in the cases that are built for nfts okay yeah and uh, uh, when it comes to now artifine specifically then uh, uh, are you primarily working with uh, big brands uh, or is it uh, that uh, anyone uh, with an idea of uh, setting up something within the NFT space uh, could come to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, the times are changing, right? And we are happy to ship um, our solution that actually is 
as I said, really interested in getting something done here. Uh, we have some projects from, you know, crypto native guys who have certain ideas that they want to, you know, like have a randomized mint or they want to have specific websites uh, slash DAP to execute some of the projects. But we also ship for, for big brands that were not familiar in the space. So one of our recent closures and the re recent success stories is actually um, we were working and providing, actually built a DAP minted nfts for the biggest uh drugstore chains in germany dm droger mm -hmm. mark actually it's a very nice case that the guys who are coming from the consumer sector that they're not connected in any way to you know it or uh mar marketing it decided to have like a charity collection on polygon uh, created by us to make this happen. So yeah, we were also working with, with big brands who are not familiar and we help them dip, in, dip their toe into Web3 as well. Okay. And when it comes to all those uh, uh, case studies, then uh, have you uh, made it public which projects are actually uh, built with uh, Artifine or is this somewhat uh, a thing that uh, you need to keep as a secret? Uh, I mean, there are definitely different cases regarding the NDA and policies. Some of them definitely don't want to say that they're, you know, outsourcing some of the services and saying this is our in-house team. But of course, um, in various cases, uh, the brands are happy to, you know, announce that the, the current project was created by partners like Artifine. Or actually, for some brands, we ship um, a like a cooperative solution with working with various partners just because you know it's impossible to ship the solution just just by one company because it's like super complex but i mean yeah definitely for some of the cases uh our logo is actually happening is is actually being posted on like on the events and the web pages as well so yeah oh cool and uh, you already mentioned uh, this uh, particular uh was it drugstore or? Yeah, that's that's the drug chain. Yeah, big, drug big chain. Drug uh, chain. Yeah. Uh, what are other uh, big companies that you could uh, could mention uh, that you have been working with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a very nice case uh, that I actually love also, uh, and it's a pretty interesting one, just because we're not talking about the brand here. So we helped um, to create a NFT project for a noble family of Czech origin, the Lobkowitz family. They are the family who have their own palace in, in, in Czech Republic in Prague. And they have a lot of uh, original art pieces from medieval times, from Renaissance, like, you know, late 1040, something like that. And they actually utilized the NFT technology to restore the artworks, the historic artworks using uh, the fundraise, which was organized by selling NFTs. And we called it as the um, proof of patronage. So mm -hmm. that's also a very nice case how we can help, you know, not just like brands, but also noble families to ship interesting NFT solutions. Okay, cool. And uh, what would you say uh, that uh, how interested are brands these days to get involved with uh, NFTs? Is it uh, is the incre uh, interest increasing? Like we have uh, been seeing uh, big brands such as uh, uh, Starbucks, and now I think from uh, yesterday, 
Amazon saying that they're entering uh, Web3 Gaming. Uh, so are uh, local brands that you have been working with also getting uh, more in- interested? Or is it still very early days? Uh, I think in general, we can definitely can consider like, you know, pretty, pretty early just because the overall, the global adoption is not here. And especially with all the turmoil on the FTX, uh, on the FTX and like other, you know, scandals, we definitely had a big kickback um, to more early days than it would be possible without those scandals and problems. But I mean, like the current meta, at least what I'm seeing is that we are definitely seeing less projects that are being created on a knee in the basement, right? They're all the real Legion ones, the random PFP 10K avatar projects. But though in the news, you see that more and more brands are, you know, delivering uh, their NFT project, like like Porsche, for instance, or Game of Thrones, or as you mentioned, Starbucks, Reddit, and, and yeah, and Amazon is shipping something. I mean, it looks like, you know, that whole NFT thing uh, finally kicked in and brands understood that, you know, uh, we need to um, at least evolve it in some particular way. And especially minding the fact that, you know, NFT hype uh, was over like a, six, seven months ago. And now it's finally that time if they were committed at that particular time point to ship their projects right now. So right now we're seeing more and more brands releasing their projects to the public. Okay. Is there something uh, like uh, either a project that uh, you are working with or just something uh, cool that you know that's uh, coming uh, that maybe not everyone uh, knows yet? Mm, Yeah, I mean... I mean, probably, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we had this one interesting concept. I don't know whether uh, we're able to talk about it in public, but yeah, without probably talking about the names, I actually can mention something. I mean, we're working with a company, and the concept is not new. If you're considered, if you're thinking about NFTs in a way and the utility that can be uh, delivered, we're working with one of the company that is actually thinking about ways how to create a streaming platform, a real streaming platform utilizing the NFT technology, but in a way that each particular music track, each particular asset uh, will be fractionalized initially uh, between the audience or the fan, the specific artist. So they're actually going to create, and they're working on creating that, you know, uh, streaming service, uh, with NFTs and actually fractionalizing the ownership of real music tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I understand that uh, like the NFT technology itself, which is not uh, only limited to art, and uh, with Artifine, you're also working with uh, different uh, use cases of uh, the technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we actually also ship to projects that are coming from the DeFi sector as well. As I said, like we are working as a software company and as a, pretty much like as a creative studio. So if there are any requests for, you know, sexy looking modern UX UI for your website or DAP, we can also help you on that as well. Okay. In this case, uh, my question is, uh, what do you see as uh, some of the most interesting uh, future use cases that may already be here or may not be here for the, this technology based on your mm-hmm. experience? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I was talking about it actually in NFT London the last year in November, and I actually love this 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 question, and I ask this question to myself one 
some like a few times um, for the whole year. But like I'm a big fan of NFT ticketing, just because I think that at the end of the day, um, the project that makes sense are the ones that are utilizing the technology in the way that it actually makes value. You, know, you need to utilize the NFTs just because technology or other like infrastructure things that will not deliver the value the same way that it could be delivered by NFTs. So I'm a big fan of NFT ticketing due to the fact that, you know, it's a very big problematic space regarding the secondary market for, for ticketing. So of course you can print and buy and later on go to the concert board. For instance, if you are considering to buy a ticket from, let's say, a person that you know or don't know on the Facebook marketplace or, I don't know, like, uh, or any other marketplace, online marketplace, you definitely will not be sure that the QR code he's providing will actually work only at the moment go to the event or, or, or concert. But, I mean, you definitely will never experience the same way if you are buying NFT using the card. I mean, like, everything is smooth right now. And you have a secondary marketplace that can prove ownership and like uh, the origins of this specific ticket, plus, uh, you know, getting that royalty for all agents, all counterparties that invested in promotion and like, you know, that affiliate network. Actually, it makes sense to build a new ticketing app or ticketing service on the NFT and the blockchain technology. Yeah, uh, this is very much something that we were looking at. Our with our last year's event and at that time we did not find uh, still uh, any good providers especially from the fact of uh, how to onboard the normies that didn't or those that uh, uh, may have uh, uh, just not have uh, ether on beyond some other chains etc so uh, last year we did not uh, look into it uh, this year uh, we have now found a, a potentially a viable partner uh, and if everything works out, then uh, uh, in February, we would be uh, launching uh, tickets also on, as entities and airdropping everyone else that has already bought tickets uh, afterwards as well. Uh, it, it's a company called Earn, oh, no, Ticket, no, Enter.xyz. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have solved this problem that uh, how can you uh, buy the ticket if you don't have uh, any wallets? How can you buy it with a credit uh, and at the same time, from the event organizer's side, how, how they can uh, get everything uh, working from them. And finally, also uh, have this uh, marketplace, which uh, um, does bring trust uh, to the secondary market. So uh, now, finally, I do see that there are good solutions. Let's see. Let's hope we can uh, test it out. And then we can uh, already say uh, with a certain certainty. But yeah. uh, other than the uh, secondary market, when it comes to uh, NFT tickets, then what other uh, use cases of uh, NFT tickets do you think actually make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, actually, that's probably going to be a sort of a shilling, but I truly love this concept. I mean, um, in Latvia, I don't know what is happening in Estonia or Lithuania or other part of the world, but when we're talking about... Um, and I'm actually thinking that one of the speakers will be from that company. But yeah, we'll definitely have a few talks with him later on. But I truly like the concept that we're using. Uh, so the idea that when we are talking about employee benefits or stocks um, that you can give to 
um, to employees of your company, not like, you know, shareholding in a more conservative way, but rather than uh, like options and stocks. Uh, definitely releasing a token like in a closed environment and uh, in a custodial way can be a very nice option to managing your stock options. And um, one of our companies in Latvia is actually building that solution. So I think when I was speaking to them, they said that, right, we're never thinking of going into a Web3 way and like initially speaking about, you know, tokenizing these options for companies. But we later discovered that it's the most um honest and straightforward way how to make the execution for getting those options to to employees so yeah also very bullish on that on their work as well yeah i i think you're uh, talking about salto x and christaps in this case yep yep that's the man that's the company yeah and uh, this is uh, for sure uh, one of the other use cases that uh, many uh, different companies uh, seem to be tackling uh, even in Estonia, there's at least two that uh, seem to be trying to solve the same thing. Uh, and uh, of course, I see that there are uh, different uh, legal things that uh, still need to be worked out, as well as just the functionality side and everything else. But uh, this could become something cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else you could uh, bring out on that side? Yeah. I can probably talk about it, you know, for, for some time, definitely. Um, yeah, one of the one of the things, but I actually didn't figure it out uh, the way that it could be working uh, like as an end product. But I'm definitely also bullish to see how NFTs can optimize um, the um, the logistics and 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 uh, like you know those chains and everything like that, like the e-commerce sec- sector, the drop shipping business, because <clears throat> I think that you know having that opportunity for burning your NFTs and release and receiving a physical uh, could actually be a very nice initiative in order to build your e-commerce store, for instance. Because I mean, let's imagine Nike has, oh, probably they're actually doing it right now. Um, but imagine they have released the collection of their kicks. Let's say the one that they're not, not you know, NFT kicks or not the ones that are the limited cuts. Talk about like the general ones that they're coming copies of millions and millions. So they released the kicks and uh, provide them an opportunity to other marketplaces or, I don't know, like agents to sell NFTs, like resell those NFTs, resell those NFTs using their Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much like the same thing that you have, you know, a manufacturer and later on you have like shops in outlets and like, you know, agents and everything like that. Everything could be by having that e-commerce shops with NFTs that they're, you know, you don't have to transport the boxes from one company to one company, actually saving a lot of money on transportation. When the client actually wanted this NFT, he can burn it and receive it from, from you know, like the manufacturing plant or like any delivery operation plant without getting into like five loops of transporting the cakes before they're going to come to the end consumer. Yeah, uh, coming from the supply chain background, so then everything to do with supply chains and uh, physical commerce uh, very much is uh, our hope uh, for, and that uh, will be uh, the use case for NFT technology as well. 
quick banana break. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an event I'm organizing. NFT Tallinn, the biggest web-free event in Northern and Eastern Europe. NFT Tallinn is your bridge to Europe, where the brightest minds in the industry come together to discuss and present the latest trends and developments in a nascent web-free world. The main event will be held from May 8th to 10th and will feature keynote speakers, panel discussions, networking opportunities, VIP dinners and more. In addition, the community will host hackathons, side events and much more throughout the week starting May 5th. Tickets are available now. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit nfttalent.com. It's an event well worth your time. Uh, continuing this on, not just uh, looking at the other uh, use cases, but uh, uh, if there would be a company today that's uh, a Web2 Web company or perhaps not even an uh, internet-based company at all that uh, thinks that, uh, okay, uh, I want to enter this world of uh, Web3 somehow, then uh, other than, of course, uh, coming to Artifine, uh, what would you today uh, recommend them to start with just to... Uh, validate whether it makes sense and if they do already think that it does then what should be the next uh, next things uh, in order to make sure that this effort would actually uh, bring success mm -hmm. i actually like the the part that you mentioned validating their idea and i think a lot of brands and companies nowadays not even in the web 3 but in web 2 are usually, you know, forgetting the basic concepts of a lean methodology or getting into the startup, you know, validating your idea, testing it with customers. They're pretty much are so uh, overtaken by the hype and the current meta that just like copy and project without any validating or whatsoever. So I think at the end of the day, we're all coming to to the roots, right? The the general principles of creating a product and validating it with, you know. Uh, iterating, pivoting, et cetera, et cetera. So I think uh, my recommendation is definitely is not to, um, you know, oversee the potential of having a analysis of the ecosystem of the project specifics, technological analysis, legal analysis, before even building something, starting to build something, creating the lean methodology, I uh, know at least that lean canvas in a way to understand who are going to be the current stakeholders, how you're going to gain revenue, what are going to be the costs, what is the value that you're delivering. Uh, getting like, you know, invested in, in the research space, in the research uh, way later on, maybe actually building some MVPs, testing with, with a few clients or, you know, maybe in a collection that is not, uh, being built by agenda, like under your umbrella or an agenda, testing whether it's going to work or not, and later on working on a more scalable, bigger project that actually holds the IP. And, and yeah, in that case. But I mean, definitely, uh, I don't think there is, you know, uh, a guide how to be successful. Of course, everyone wants to mint out at the end of the day. But I think you actually have to take in mind everything that is happening in the space and adapt to the circumstances, right? If you're in a, like hoping to get like 100 million from your NFT drop just by minting out without, you know, working on utilities and future developments and leaving it like blank or open for future utilities, then you're definitely going to be screwed. So I think, yeah, I think investing in that technical slash legal 
apart, making an analysis um, and sticking to, you know, the things that we all know and love. Um, building a startup is actually something I recommend to any company out there. Okay. Uh, but uh, once the company already has uh, figured out that, yep, it makes sense, uh, then uh, uh, what should be the uh, next uh, actual steps? If we're talking about that the company is fully synced on, you know, uh, the vision, the idea, the concept, and the concept is proven by, I don't know, like other companies, probably the best way to do so is actually launch something, right? Whether Whether it's, you know, a small project or a big project and actually test it because yet again, I know it's a little bit uh, annoying, like, you know, the overall. Um, so usually when the brand is like, you know, releasing a collection, everyone's talking, right. They're failing. They're just because they're a web two company and we have different rules in the web three, but at the end of the day, we all forgive that, um, you know, we keep forgetting that web three is all about creativity and testing. Right. And there is not a specific meta day, meta that works these days. And I mean, if you're innovating, you have a specific risk not to be understood by the community, which later on could be, you know, ending up without minting the collection. But at least you tried, you 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 created something and you tested, you know, your your project. So yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, uh, create NFTs. Uh, provide a clear use case how it could be used um, enable token gating from day one after the mint and see how the community will adapt to it and at the end of the day we keep forgetting about the beauty of you know that DAO phenomenon and that actually is a nice way how community could um, think of ways how to develop the the product better and better just because I think that's yet again one of the basic principles that you always have to have feedback not from you know people out there but actually the people who are committed in a financial slash interest and way to your projects and I mean having that token like gated experience voting rights can help your company shape and, and pivot in a way that is interesting to consumers and not you as a as a company director or project developer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> On the completely jump each other side, uh, then especially when uh, working with uh, uh, real companies, then uh, every now and then uh, there are some uh, developers that perhaps could say that, ah, oh, but you don't need Web3 for that. You don't need NFTs. Uh, you can uh, just do it inside uh, the normal database. Uh, have you been thinking about uh, how to uh, work with this type of uh, uh, counter-arguments and uh, kind of validate that uh, in some cases, yes, it would actually make sense to uh, use uh, NFTs even if you can do it uh, in databases? Or you rather are uh, thinking that uh, today uh, we're still so early that if someone uh, thinks like that, then it doesn't really make sense to try to convince them otherwise and just uh, come back to them uh, in couple of uh, years time mm -hmm. very nice question actually i have like a few few you know ideas regarding how to answer this one uh, i mean sometimes it's not that bad that actually the existing resources can ship the solution without you know 
letting NFTs to to make the work just because, right? You have to train your colleagues. Uh, it's going to be definitely a learning curve, and from the business perspective, it's of course you know you spend that time on you know just pretty much like adapting to next technology. If the current you know if the current resources make it better, then I think there's a you need to insist to push the NFT agenda. But in a way that if it actually makes sense, NFTs are more effective, let's say, than than the current um, than the current solutions. For example, you mentioned the ticketing company or something like that. Uh, if you understand having that centralized authority and that bears all the risk that this concept could not be working in some particular circumstances based on time or you know, technical capacities, and actually having a blockchain solution with an open ledger serving the needs for, for people that are buying those tickets, then definitely you need to convince them in a way that you have to, to think long-term. And maybe one of the things that actually mm, I think is going to be the current meta, at least what I'm seeing for now, is that, for instance, Reddit, they didn't, they're not talking that they're actually NFTs, they're digital collectibles, right? And I think at the end of the day, some of the solutions will be shipped not under the umbrella of NFTs or blockchain technology, but actually as infrastructure that can develop the services in the decentralized way without, you know, getting into narrative of NFTs, uh, etc. So, you know, actually hiding hiding all of that under the hood and shipping solutions that are actually matter and working for them. Yeah, uh, this has been seen recently also within the uh, gaming sector where even games that are uh, building a blockchain and are using NFTs inside are trying to uh, name it into something else uh, because uh, there are still parts of the society that uh, don't uh, like it uh, any, uh, either at all or have never liked it or now but uh, yeah uh, yeah uh, and on that note i would actually uh, like to open it uh, for this uh, any questions uh, from uh, the community here so if anyone wants to ask a question from alex then uh, do uh, put your hand up and uh, we'll be giving you a, a speaker role and if alex of course if you want to share something then uh, uh, please do yeah yeah i mean um yeah go ahead guys if you have any questions feel free to to ask them so alex jojo owen dylan yeah owen yeah i was staying quiet let a few other people jump in ahead of me but yeah um i it's not so much a question it's more of an observation on the nft ticketing so, like, recently I went to a concert, um, and in Ireland we have uh, a ticketing, uh, most of our ticketing is done by Ticketmaster. And um, they force you to have uh, an internet connection to open your ticket. And if you lock your phone screen or chat it, they have a security protocol which stops that. So the only issue I see with NFT tickets is to have some sort of an application that doesn't require an internet connection because uh, when you have 30,000 people in the, the same one mile radius at a stadium, the, the uh, GSM network can't handle it. So it'd be interesting to see what people come up with to allow, you know, um, 
allow you to interact with an NFT but not need an, necessarily need an internet connection? Actually, there are already solutions. Uh, for example, when it comes to token proof, uh, then if I'm not mistaken, then uh, the internet, but you have previously verified it, then they are holding this data inside the application somehow. And then uh, uh, the QR code is constantly changing. Uh, and then as a result, uh, whoever is testing it or scanning it, uh, they will be getting the information even if you weren't in the uh, internet coverage. But I might be a little bit mistaken here. Yeah, I think something like that was was delivered by Token Proof. At least I remember back in the days when we were going to ApeFast, they actually utilized this this Token Proof for um, getting the people inside of the festival. So I, rem- I remember that we were having like QR codes that were changing all the time. And of course, when you're in the US, some of the guys didn't have internet and it worked perfectly fine when they were validating back at, at the hotel. So yeah. So you need uh, you still do need internet to uh, uh, validate it at home at least, but uh, then uh, this solves the issue of uh, big events mm-hmm. and not having internet there. Any other questions? Hey Alex, um, did you say that part of your start to finish um, includes marketing and branding? Um, an NFT project. Uh, sorry, you said. Can you rephrase the question? I think like uh, when uh, when a project starts and uh, uh, starts utilizing NFTs, then uh, does your uh, process with uh, Artifine also include uh, the uh, marketing help? Um, yeah, yeah. So we also ship marketing services, and by that we are helping on the content side and actually, you know. Uh, helping setting at least like the the basic stuff like Discord because like brands maybe not familiar in in the ways how we're working in that direction. We also help as again on the content side and of course with partnerships from from influencers or key opinion leaders. We can also help them to sync in to make a review or something like that. And we also ha- are partnering with other companies out there who think that it could be a joint uh, mutual beneficial um, partnership when they have companies who are reaching them for marketing services, but they need to del- de- deliver some of the legal or, you know, compliance or slash a technical solution from our end. So in the way that if there's a request for a company who wants to build with us and they also want to have us as a partner to promote their projecting on creating visual assets, 3D renders, you name it, videos, and sync it with our partner or deliver something that is in our capacities. Yeah. Cool, cool. Thank you. And on that note, uh, then do you have any uh, specific uh, things that you see these days uh, that have uh, changed in the marketing meta in terms of uh, what work and uh, what doesn't work? when getting new projects out? Um, yeah, actually, um, one of the things that I was doing for Starly is actually working on the our outreach regarding, you know, ads and everything like that, working with influencers, key opinion leaders, PR agencies and everything. I mean, it's definitely, um, I'm not sure what happened is what is happening right now, but back in the days, there was also... There was always, you know, that fight, that challenge 
for the for the attention just because they were different companies uh, with you know bigger budgets or more appealing artwork that were or maybe some of the resources or tools that we're losing or tactics that were just like, you know, every Twitter page, every DM was in this particular project. But I mean, the times are changing. Not everyone is uh, accepting, you know, that chiller tactic for some of the marketing uh, that being used to, or some KOLs are definitely are not delivering um, the, their honest reviews or actually their engagement is very, very bad. I think at the end of the day, what actually matters is the same thing that actually matters in Web2 is to have that uh, you know genuine connection between the audience and you, probably less in a mechanical way using like, I don't know, like performance ads, just because, you know, we know that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram whatsoever are pretty much like limiting the companies that they're actually advertising anything related to crypto or NFTs. I think that the future of marketing for Web3 um, is in the affiliates. Um, and with that being said, like you actually can form a genuine relationship between KOLs and your company because at the end of the day, the audience will never think why you were, you know, like shilling this particular project. Maybe you had like, you know, tough tokens or NFTs before that, and but you don't want to tell it. But I mean, honestly say that the right guys, I am working as an affiliate for, let's say, Ledger or other companies out there. So you will be, you know, palms open, palms up to say that you're being sponsored by this and this. So, and I actually like this project, so feel free to explore it. So I think, yeah, I think affiliates is actually a big thing. And with escrow smart contracting and, you know, splits royalties on that end, I uh, would like to see more companies who are figuring out the solution to, uh, you know, actually pay for, for the results rather than just like fake engagement or certain metrics that are not trackable for the purchases for registrations on the website, you know, having everything in uh, on chain rather than, you know, in Google analytics or something like that. Makes sense. Any other questions from, uh, from the audience? I see, for example, we have uh, the web free studio lead for uh, Scoreverse. Uh, welcome, uh, Skyzik. Or Smallbly, or uh, the other other Alex, or Jojo. Um, I might ask about uh, Instagram, Alex. If you have any thoughts on maybe why NFTs haven't taken off on Instagram yet, given that they they introduced that feature that allowed um, you to showcase and sell your NFT on Instagram at least in the US. Um, are you bullish on Instagram and NFTs or what are your thoughts on that? Mm -hmm. Nice question. I mean, yeah, I was following the steps of um, NFT integration with Instagram uh, just by the case that one of the like pioneering companies was obviously Polygon and actually Flow uh, and Dapper Labs and with Dapper Wallets. So I was following this, uh, you know, their, all of their steps. And I mean, I'm definitely 
and bullish when there is a like you know the industry leader who would like to change the game by actually accepting this tech and releasing it to the general public you know putting into it's um, like a, like a very nice wrap uh, like a candy wrapper that you never think of all right i don't ha- i have to have like open sea or i know like whatsoever i can buy on instagram i can show on instagram i can like you know transport instagram i can create on instagram so in general like i'm not like a fanboy of instagram and uh, integrating nfts but i definitely think that uh, what they're doing is definitely uh, good for the industry as a whole regarding your question why the nfts haven't taken off i mean probably it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit of a too big as a company, right? You know, everything that is on the artistic value with all the IPs and actually purchasing company like that has to be 100% compliant and secure just because Facebook is not living the best days now and they don't want to screw up in some kind of ways. So I think, I mean, what I'm hearing at least, maybe I didn't research that much, but the the curated drops that really being released best artists are usually pretty successful on Instagram. Maybe they're not overtaking the whole global market, but at least in that extent, they're definitely having um, their mint out. So, I mean, probably it's going to like you know take more time for people to understand what we're talking about and actually buying their first NFTs. And we'll definitely see how they're going to develop the, the marketplace they promised on Instagram and actually min- the minting engine they promised initially. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit too early to judge whether it was a success story or not. But, yeah, let's, let's, keep, uh, let's keep our eyes open for anything that's happening on the Instagram side regarding NFTs. Cool, cool. Thanks for uh, the answer. And I might have one more question at Vane. Sorry if all the questions are marketing related, but it is what I'm interested in. <laughs> okay. What are your opinions on the likes of Gleam and Quest and these big, these big um, competition plans that get thousands of people interacting with your Twitter um, for whitelisting, um, which inflates the followers? And do you think it's a healthy tactic? Is it one you use or have ever used for any of the projects you're involved with? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome question, honestly speaking. Um, I'm going to be straightforward to you. Uh, I don't think, like, in the long run, it's actually the thing that we're looking for. I mean, of course, we run Gleam campaigns initially just because we were looking for any solution to, you know, boost performance at that particular. And to be honest, there are not a lot of tools to be used for, you know, promoting your drops that are not cut by you know twitter or instagram initially regarding for for instance performance ads so you need to think ways how to promote your drops i mean definitely the worst thing that you're seeing there is the diluted performance bot accounts people that created like you know 50 60 accounts and just trying to go for a whitelist i mean it's definitely not a healthy thing to have Uh, but though i think that like the initial idea that you can receive certain benefits for interacting with the project, but let's say not on social media, but let's say on chain, for instance, it actually makes sense in a way. And there is a startup, I'm probably not going to remember the name, but um, the whole idea is, I actually know that Optimism is running campaigns for their NFTs on it. The whole idea is that apart from, you know, liking, retweeting and everything like that, they offer a solution 
to fetch certain interactions on chain and off chain, but in a technical way, and later on reward the community for their efforts in a more logical sense than just like shilling social media. So it's very cool, and I'd agree with you. Yeah, um, I think it's it's a negative thing overall, but maybe there's um there are solutions like you just alluded to, if um the tasks are a little trickier and a little more related to the project. Mm-hmm. But didn't um, Optimism suffer from a lot of mercenary capital? Like as soon as their competition ended, Arbitrum overtook them again because Arbitrum has the real volume from, from the likes of GMX. Like is is there is there a balance to be struck here between um, getting exposure but then also not overdoing it so you don't have a huge slackening off when, when you lose, uh, when you finish your competition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be an expert on anything that is related to optimism or arbitrum. But uh, like my idea is that, you know, when something started as big as NFTs and like, you know, it was the most, it was the pretty much like the, the word of the year, right? Everyone was talking about NFTs. So, of course, you have certain expectations. Uh, what do you have to, you know, achieve for your project to be successful and know whether it's like certain financial benefits or certain community levels uh, or I don't know, like any engagement metrics that you think of. But, you know, it was the same thing that that I was talking about previously is that the expectations for anyone to launch in, in the blockchain sector are like, you know, you have to be at least having like millions of daily active users in like a super short amount of time, right? just because expectations are too high. And I mean, if, of course, everyone could consider that, you know, we have to lower expectations there in a way and like growing their organic community, even if they're not millions or over hundred thousand users that are actually using the product, like let just start small, see how the traction is growing. Users are actually feeling that there's a need for this particular project or solution then yeah of course it will never happen no diluted metrics will be in place but yet again this probably is a little bit more of a bigger uh like thing it's just like how we judge or how we evaluate certain success levels for companies or startups and you know oh everyone is always thinking of ways how to overcome the competitors on the metrics or sales and everything like that so if we can lower expectations in some kind of way and not push toward you know getting that millions and trillions interactions then probably there will be never a need to have those fake accounts in the first place very interesting response thank you I see Skyzik uh, has now uh, taken all, also a speaker role. Skyzik, did you want to ask anything? Or maybe not. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I'm Jim, guys. Sorry. Uh, hey. How are you? Yeah, I, I just jump in to say hi because uh i have to put my kids to sleep <laughs> so, I'm, I'm listening but uh, i cannot engage much sorry for that <laughs> no worries, no worries. Okay. 
So when it comes to now NFT talent, uh, that's where Alex uh, will be joining us, a uh, speaker on uh, how to uh, bring Web2 companies to Web3. So we're looking forward to uh, seeing this. And if there's anything else, where, what do you think that you would like to have Alex uh, speak about, uh, let us know or just uh, uh, reach out to him while telling. Uh, other than that, Alex, is there anything else that you would want to share as parting thoughts uh, tonight? Yeah, totally. I definitely want to thank you guys for having this amazing space and actually having NFT talent for the second year, if not mistaken. Um, yeah, I definitely respect all the things that are happening in the Palm Baltic, uh, let's say, landscape. Just because, like, you know, Estonia is always first on various innovations in a way. And you have companies building on top of blockchain for, for years already. I mean, but definitely comparing to QS or Asia, it's a, a, a smaller market. And, like, there are less professionals working in the space who are vividly interested in the concept as as a business rather right? than like a degen or like a speculator. So I very appreciate taking that effort to create a uh, landscape, a scene for people to interact, network on a pan-Baltic level. So thank you, Sander. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you guys for that. So looking forward for for actually being a part of your event later on. And yeah, for the closing worlds, I'm definitely going to be <laughs> super average. I'm going to chill out fine. So, guys, if you think that it's a perfect time to build, and we're definitely will be help, happy to help you out in various ways, starting with creating wireframes, UX, UI design, any creatives, uh, helping you on the marketing end, um, creating an NFT minting engine for your NFT collection, whether it's like 10K avatar project or a more complex gaming uh, company, of course, complementing with the compliance, legal procedures, NFT license, GDPR, KYC, you name it, to make an astonishing, sexy, modern, and compliant DAP. Reach us out, reach us out, and yeah, good night, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and I'm very happy to uh, uh, now know that whenever someone comes to us uh, asking who could help uh, set up an NFT collection or NFT project for them, then I can uh, send it to you, Alex. Awesome. awesome. And there have Thank been you, plenty. <laughs> gotcha. We need to talk about it later on. <laughs> I of got course. you on that word. <laughs> Let's do that. But okay. uh, thank you all for joining us today and uh, look forward to next uh, NFT Talent Talks uh, next week where we'll be introducing uh, uh, other uh, esteemed uh, speakers joining us in May at NFT Talent. That's all for today's episode of NFT Talent Talk. I appreciate all of you for tuning in and I hope you'll chime in for our next episode. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast if you found it valuable. It really helps us out. I encourage you all to visit nfttalent.com to learn more about the event and grab a ticket when you're ready. I promise you the experience in Estonia will be a worthwhile one. Bye-bye.